Welcome to the Church's Changing Podcast. I'm Beth Estock, your host, and today we're crossing the pond, going actually to the Yorkshire area in the north of England, along the east coast, to a town called Hull, where there is this beautiful expression of ministry unfolding in that whole area called the Kairos Movement. And Leanne Kensett is a contemplative who is listening deeply for the movement of God in her community. And I just can't wait to have you be introduced to her and how she approaches her ministry and what she's up to today. So Leanne, welcome to the Church's Changing Podcast. Oh, thanks, Beth. It's really nice to be here with you. It's really wonderful and a privilege and joy to to welcome you today. And I think I want to start out by asking you first about your own journey and your own call to what God is unfolding in your midst today. And you can start wherever you feel like it's appropriate. Well, that's a big question, isn't it? It is. (laughs) Well, I guess one of the good places to start would be something that you've encouraged me to do, Beth, which is think about my origin story, isn't it? And when I've been doing that with you, I've been thinking very much about how I'd grown up fairly socially awkward, really. And through being somebody who found it difficult to join in conversations and take a sort of vocal lead. I've learnt about making things happen through relationship, maybe through one-to-one conversations. And and I think maybe my calling has been discovered through that, through relationship with individuals, through just sensing where God is and where where other people are in relation to God and how we can see beautiful things come as a sort of small, organic way of the kingdom rather than lead, you know, feeling called to lead from front because I've got a big vision or anything like that. I really love that. Yeah, I haven't always felt like a leader because of that, I think. So it's quite weird to be being interviewed by you it doesn't feel like that's a role that I inhabit, really, but yeah. <laughs> yes, and I think that that's important for our listeners to to hear is that, you know, we might have one image of what is it to be an innovator? What is it to lead in Christian community? And, oh, I can't do that because I have this image in my mind of the person standing, you know, preaching or with all that charismatic energy. And that's just one way. And I would say that actually your way of this deep listening, this contemplative stance in the world is really the new way in this time of unknowing and liminal of the disintegration of what is and not knowing what is to come yet. And so I'm I'm honored to be talking with you today and for you to be able to claim what you might have initially thought of as there's no way I could be a leader in the church to, wow, God has shaped and formed me in this way to be a gift and to be of service in the way that is organically who I am. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Leanne. No, thank you. And thank you. 
it has been a journey with you to to be able to start to claim that and recognize that maybe there is something that is needed in the world today that is is different from kind of the alpha assertive leadership way of doing things so it is an interesting journey recognizing that there is a different way of doing it and that that's that might be what's needed that's yeah it's a bit of a revelation to me really <laughs> so how do you see that showing up and working in this kairos movement tell us a little bit about that yeah so a few years ago now a couple of years ago myself and andy lindley who is a presbyter in the district started conversations with our chair of district about just starting a new expression of church just that recognizing that the world is changing and the gathering together on a sunday and being focused around a building perhaps isn't isn't as life-giving to people as it used to be and that there are many people that are hungry to know God that are spiritually searching that would never go anywhere near what we've traditionally done really so we began sort of intentionally exploring that and I think one of the reasons that I'd been a sort of drawn into that conversation was because I for a number of years have kind of found my faith shifting and found relationships with people that wouldn't find themselves in church that that had been a life-giving place for me for a number of years and so it felt good to explore with other people how we might intentionally look at being a network of people that that was perhaps wouldn't call itself church because of the labels that come with church but is a new form of of being an intentional community somehow Can you share with us a little bit about one of those expressions? And in particular, I'm thinking of ORTS. Yeah. uh, The Women's Sewing Cooperative and how that came about. Yeah. Okay, so 10 years ago now, so it's been going a while, myself and my really good friend, Anna Hembry, just in one of our many conversations and musings about life, realized there was a real synergy in what we'd been thinking I'd been volunteering with a charity working on the streets with women, meeting them at night, taking them goodie bags, checking on their well-being. And Anna also was um, very aware of people around her in a similar situation. And we realised just how our experience of friendship was very different to the experience that many of the women had. And it broke both our hearts and we wondered how we might create something where people could feel just that they could belong without things being wanted from them and we both enjoyed a bit of sewing so we began just with one friend meeting to do some sewing and gradually over the years it's become a collective of women who meet together regularly around the sewing table around the sewing machine not that sewing is always done but people that meet to support one another, to share lives, to have a laugh, to cry together and become a real community of women that support one another. 
Yeah, and I think one of the really exciting things about arts is that it's people who would never normally cross paths, never normally sort of socialise. So people from all different social experiences coming together and recognising we've got a lot in common and that we can support each other. And it just really, uh, Anna the other day was talking about how it's an act of resistance, really, in the world, how it is at the minute. Just meeting together with hope and love feels like an act of resistance. Yeah, Yeah, and even more so when you're bringing people from different socioeconomic, maybe political persuasions even, Mm. together and finding commonality in creativity together and in sharing story of sorrow and pain and triumph and joy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, When you talk about creative projects, we've done some really fun things together. So we've we've knitted a zebra crossing, like full-size zebra crossing. Do you have them in the... Is that the right word for the the States? Zebra crossing? Um, Tell us about a zebra crossing. (laughs) So it's the black and white stripes that show where you can cross the road. Okay, we call that a crosswalk. Okay. (laughs) So we knitted one and um, rolled it out and actually got the Archbishop of York to cross it. (laughs) Yeah, so that was like a campaign to try and get the council to paint one near a school to keep the kids safe. So we did that. We've crocheted bikinis for the mermaids in the water fountain. We made hats and scarves for them in the winter. So in the summer they had bikinis. In the winter they had hats and scarves. And then there's a spin-off group from Orts that Anna's involved in called the Untold Stories Voices. And they have used craft in campaigning. So the council in Hull had imposed a law making it illegal for women to work the streets in, in, the, in the area where a lot of them live. And the women came together and campaigned. I actually took the council to court in the end to get the law changed. And they'd sewn this beautiful little embroidery as a gift to the councillors to try and explain the situation. So it's, there's, even though we have fun, there's also a little bit of a activist edge to what some of the things that we do as well. It seems like in sharing story, there's a finding a voice. Mm-hmm. Mm. that can empower then a collective movement. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's something very powerful in realising you're not on your own and that the things that you're experiencing are maybe common experiences and that even though on your own you might struggle together, you can make a difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just in that story, if we kind of slowed it down a bit and thought about how do you discern the movement of the spirit in your midst, what would you say is some of those markers that you're looking for as you do this work? I think having a sense that something is life-giving, I hold a lot with the life in all its fullness so it may be, it doesn't necessarily mean that something is fun and makes you feel ecstatic, but that there's life to an idea, 
a life to a conversation and that it it leads to some sort of freedom or some sort of expression that might not have otherwise been there. And I think there is a sense that, for me, the spirit is at work, where people work together, where there's diversity that's actually shaping what happens. So it's not, I try not to be too political about what's going on in our country at the minute, but just because you have people who look different doesn't mean that what you do reflects that unless those who wouldn't normally get to shape things get to shape it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that sometimes means doing something very different from what the norm would be. Because I think sometimes there's a real wisdom and a real prophetic understanding that we miss when... And this is going back to what we said at the beginning, when we go along with how things are normally done or those voices that are normally heard. So how has that played out in the church as you are taking this contemplative, deep listening, following the movement of the spirit approach in ministry with the inherited church as it's currently configured how how does that work or not work? Oh, now oh, that is that's a complex question. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering whether at the moment, with everything feeling so up in the air and people feeling so uncertain about what the next, you know, what might happen tomorrow, and whether there's a tendency to hunker down to what we've known and what feels familiar, whereas my sense perhaps, or what I think, is that maybe the life and the spirit is is in the listening to the voices that haven't been heard because that's actually probably people who are used to things not going their way, used to managing when life is tough, used to managing with minimal resources you know all the things that perhaps those who usually lead the church haven't had to experience particularly listening to those who embrace and live with that all the time might change how we work oh I think that's beautiful and how is that shaping and forming the whole Kairos movement so tell us a little bit about the different ways Kairos shows up in the Yorkshire area. Okay, so we we try and physically, as many of us as can, get together once a month on a Saturday and quite often go for a walk or do some sort of activity together and eat and then share a story. So that sort of the, the main focus is a once a month physical gathering for those that can get there. But we also... We meet in different localities, so stuff happens in Hull, stuff happens in York, sometimes in North Yorkshire, depending who is there and what their passions are, I guess. And then we have quite a lot that happens online with the idea that people can access that from wherever they are. Although, you know, the issue we have with that is that not everybody has the technology and the financial ability to access what we need. So we're still working with that a little bit to try and make that more accessible to people. 
but we have a kind of monthly rhythm to what we do. So we have prayers together online in the morning on a Thursday and then they happen in person in York a couple of times a week. And then, yeah, we just have a monthly a monthly time to gather like in a lounge online. We use something called Gather Town, which you can sort of play a game together and then meet around a virtual table and discuss things. We've had a few concerts and gigs, poetry night. Yeah, just different things that we we just make available and whoever wants to come, comes. And some people come to a few things regularly. Some people dip and out, in and out. It's all quite, it's all more of a network than perhaps a sort of regular church congregation would be. And we, we mainly communicate through WhatsApp. Yeah, so there's been a little flurry of conversation this evening, just yeah, being alongside each other, even though we're physically a long way away. So how does experimentation happen? You know, you get this crazy idea, you're listening, you bring that to Kairos, and, and what happens? So the first Monday in January is a really low day, traditionally. And the Samaritans... Um, were offering something called Brew Monday, where they were just offering a cup of tea. And near us in Hull, we have an urban farm called Rooted in Hull. And we decided to join the Samaritans there. So it was just open so people could turn up for a cup of tea. And we created a labyrinth in, in the farm so that people could come and have a chat and walk the labyrinth and have a bit of space. So, yeah, we were just sort of physically present alongside other agencies and things. So I guess I'm trying to think how I, you asked how ideas sort of come about. And I think sometimes we suggest things that are ridiculous and then you play with the ridiculous idea and it becomes something doable. So we, this wasn't my idea at all, but it was a brilliant thing that we did recently called Caravan of Love which was at a church called Selby Street in Hull. And basically it's like a big, big open mic, but the women from Orts created a fashion show. And this is quite complex, where the things that we'd been talking about that hold us back, we turned into costumes (laughs) more for this fashion show. So we were sort of displaying in front of our community the barriers that are holding us back. Yes, and then alongside that, other people came forward with songs and drama and magic and poetry and this whole beautiful community evening evolved that was really life-giving and a wonder to behold, really. (laughs) But a lot of it comes because it's community and people bouncing ideas off each other rather than one person saying this is what we're going to do and everyone joining in. The ideas tend to evolve between us as we talk. So there has to be this sense of deep trust Mm. and a sense of we're all in this together and we all have gifts to share. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Again, a different kind of uh, leadership Yeah, well, Andy and I call ourselves co-enablers rather than leaders because 
the idea really is that it is a communal response to what's going on in the world and where we sense a spirit rather than us leading a group of people anywhere. Okay, so Leanne, I'm just going to get uh, ask you some questions about the nuts and bolts because, you know, it sounds so beautiful. And for people listening in thinking, oh my gosh, I would so want to be a part of that. How does it get, you know, what kind of support do you have financial? How, how is this, how do you, how do you get paid for what you do? Yeah. So we are one of the new places for new people that is funded by the Methodist church. So we have, we were given funding for five years with the idea that we're self-sustaining by the end of that time. And we are we are still working on what that will look like. And we would really like to experiment and are starting to experiment with different kind of economics because I feel like that actually is quite a prophetic thing to be doing at the moment with the world the way it is. And I think it's quite unsustainable the way that church has worked. So it is quite, it is a challenge. We haven't got an answer, but it is quite exciting to be with a group of people who potentially want to look at how could we generate our own income rather than relying on grants and things the whole time. So we've had ideas like, I know other places have used, so it's pinching ideas really, like coffee, a little coffee machine you take to events that happen, creative things, making making things we can sell, offering courses. So they're just some of the ideas that we've had. And um, yeah, we need more ideas and more playing with how we make this work, how we support one another to be free to do the things that we sense spirit would have us do without and it may be some of it is you know we all work part-time in order to you know live on less I don't know we're still experimenting but I think finance is a big and important conversation that needs to be part of us as a community really Mm -hmm. well given that what would you say is your cutting edge right now you know where where is the spirit leading you at this moment in Kairos? That's a good question. I think wrestling with the economics is part of that. And I think very much I'd mentioned about the technology and and being really aware of those among us who would love to join in more, but just don't have the access to those technologies. So I think just exploring how we are a movement of people that can be inclusive, sort of properly really inclusive, is is quite a challenge. And I think that that's, that's probably where the life is. We've been, some of us have been reading a book called Being Interrupted, which has been really challenging about that idea of really hearing from those who are very different from us and allowing them to shape what we do. Well, Leanne, that's such a beautiful segue to my final question for you, which is tell us right now where you're hearing or seeing the movement of God in your midst. Can you share with us one final story? Yeah. Do you know, I'd love to tell you about something that happened just earlier this week. Mm -hmm. So um, 
with I have I have two different hats. One is co-enabling the Kairos movement. The other is as a mental health chaplain. And I was on the ward this week and I was sharing a story, which is what I often do on the wards. And I had a bag of sand and I, I tell the story in the sand. And it was the story where a person plans a party and they have all the food and the drink and everything is ready. And then it comes to the party and one by one, each of the people they've invited comes up with a reason why they, they're not going to come. And the person's left there with this party that nobody's coming to. So they go out and they invite all the people they meet on the streets. And that's whoever they meet and whatever state that person is in. And then having told the story, I then just ask those who are sat around the table with me, what do you like about the story? And... I was sat with four guys who are in a secure mental health unit and they were quite overwhelmed with that idea of how how it feels when people don't show up when you've asked them to, when people aren't there for you. Mm-hmm. And they really liked that the host of the party wasn't flawed by it, that they went and they actually turned it round into something good. And, um, and there was just this real sense that that's where the life was in that conversation. And we we went on to have a really long conversation about what it feels like to eat with other people and where you might go in order to experience that kind of welcome and belonging. And, the, yeah, the, it was just a real, for me, that was a, a, a real sense of this is where the life is. And a, just kind of selfishly really a real affirmation for me that a lot of the things I'm involved in outside of the hospital are offering that space to people and the real sense that that is where God is in that offering that space to people that are used to being let down and things not working out how they'd like it to. Well, I really love Leanne that the Kairos movement is all about inviting people to the party. Mm-hmm. And just partying with the people that show up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good summary of it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us how, if people are more interested in learning more about the Kairos movement, how do they get in touch with you or find out more? Well, we've got a website. So that's www.kairosmovement.org.uk. So that's a good place to start, really. Most of our information is there. And you can contact myself and Andy through the website. There's a link that you can email us through there. So that's probably the best way to do it, I think. Okay, and we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, Leanne, thank you so much. I just feel so centered and grounded when I talk to you. Like I'm a part of the story as well. So thank you for sharing how gentle you are with the gospel of love and compassion in the world. Very powerful. Thank you. Thank you for this chance to chat as well. It's always good. Always good to chat with you. So why don't you leave us with a blessing for folks that might be trying to invite guests to a party and nobody's showing up? Okay. Well, Yeah, I just invite that spirit of hope and peace 
to come and fill each one of us that we might really value curiosity and fun and be able to respond to disappointment in a way that knows there is hope and that whatever has happened is not the end of the story. Just pray for that peace and that hope to fill each one of us. Thank you. Amen. Church is Changing Podcast is a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Music is by Sanjay Singh. Visit all our podcasts at podcast.umcdiscipleship.org.